if we want to really pursue sustainable development and, and help make the world a better place, then you have to engage with everybody around you. You have to get everybody on board the bus, if you like. And, and therefore, you have to be positively influential, talking about it, you know, selling your message and getting, a, getting collective agreement and buy-in. And welcome to the latest episode of the Built Environment Marketing Show. And I am your host, Io Abbas, marketing consultant and strategist. Today, my interview is a really special one. It's with Tristan Carfrey, who is one of the deputy co-chairs of Arup. Arup is a firm I know really well, and I still have many friends there. I worked there full-time from 2006 until 2009, and also more recently as a consultant with the Arup University marketing team. So... In this episode, we look at why Arab invests in marketing. We also touch on why they're taking a broader approach to have a conversation with more of the general public and not just the industry. We talk about the impact of digital and COVID on how they've been going to market. And we also look at how Tristan was taken to LinkedIn to raise his own personal brand and also that of the firm. Oh, and just before we go into the episode, it's worth noting that Arab is an employee-owned trust and they actually refer to their staff as members. Anyway, I'll stop chatting now and let you get on with listening. Bye. Hi, Tristram. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Can you do a quick intro to who you are and I guess your role at Arab globally? Uh, thanks, Io, and, and thanks very much for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. So my name's Tristram Carfrey. I am one of two deputy chairs of Arab globally. I'm a structural engineer by profession and still enjoy designing things. I also sit on the Arab Group Board, responsible for strategy and where we're going, with a particular interest in our strategy for being excellent at everything that we do and for using digital tools and new technology as much as possible. So in terms of kind of being excellent, how can a marketing team or a marketing function be excellent in your eyes? Ah, Well, you see, I think a marketing function, if you like, is is measured by its product or its outcomes. And in fact, excellence generally is. So for me, excellence is about our projects actually doing the right thing in the world around us. You know, being excellent is about delivering sustainable development, about improving the world for people, about, you know, making greater biodiversity, using less carbon, etc. And and similarly, therefore, a marketing function should be measured by, you know, to what extent and how clearly are those messages getting across. Fantastic. I love the way you've linked it to the outcomes of the overall business. I think that's definitely the way forward. And in terms of Arab and investing in marketing, can you kind of tell me about kind of, I guess, why? Because Arab has always traditionally invested in marketing and seen it as a valuable part of their operational performance. Now, I guess, I guess why? What, what's your take on why that's always been important to Arab? Okay, well, actually, I'm going, to, I'm going to start by contradicting you, if that's all right. <laughs> traditionally, and by traditionally, I mean 50 years ago, we didn't actually do much in the way of marketing because the, the view was that let the projects speak for themselves, you know, help, help deliver really special projects that make the world a better place and let them be, be your ambassadors, if you like. Yeah. So it's really only over the last 20 years that we said, hang on, that's, that, that doesn't necessarily work very well and we have to be a bit more explicit but 20 years ago, our view was that we were marketing to our clients or our future clients or people who might wish to commission us to do work okay. where there may be a, a little bit of a view as to marketing towards the critics, the people who um, commentate on, on what happens in the built environment. 
I would say the big difference today is we see that we're actually marketing as a minimum to our future members, you know, the people who might want to come and join us, and perhaps even to the public at large. You know, there's, there's a concept of having a public brand, which has been quite missing in the whole of the built environment, except perhaps for star architects. You know, most yeah. contractors, consultants, they don't think of themselves as having a public face. That's a really interesting take, actually. And in terms of having a public face, how is that different? How's, how, how have you tackled that? Because that's, that's quite a different model to use. Yeah, and I wouldn't say we have tackled it yet. I think yeah. we're discussing it, if you see what I mean. But I think, <laughs> I think social media, which I suppose is the topic of today, is yeah. allowing you to have a public face without you know, a massive um, investment, particularly a massive financial investment. You, know, you don't have to have the HSBC billboards at every airport in the world. You, know, you don't have to take out advertising hoardings you know, through every city in which you wish to have a, a, a public presence. You can now you know, target the whole world through a very simple medium. And when you're saying target the whole world, are you talking about in the business context or are you talking about everybody? society i i think i'm trying to talk about everybody i'm not quite sure you probably know more about this than me but but in theory social media has no boundaries it all depends yeah. upon which audience you can attract you know but it could be the whole world yeah i mean it's, it's a very different take because i think the whole kind of people it's kind of especially in what we do i guess the people are always kind of like actually no you're talking to these particular audiences and it's probably more the business audience than you are to the general public but i guess if we're looking at those wider themes that you're discussing, sustainability, biodiversity, it impacts us all. So that's the message we are going to have to get out. And actually, I was at a talk last night talking about Next Zero. And it's like, if we can't communicate what Scope 123 is and get people actually infused about it and that's everybody, we're never going to solve it. Uh, absolutely. I so a part of our current strategy um, is including being influential. So again, you know, written in our our founder's key speech in the 1970s was the idea that we become influential through our work. Yeah. yeah. And the change is, no, if we want to really pursue sustainable development and, and help make the world a better place, then you have to engage with everybody around you. You have to get everybody on board the bus, if you like. Yeah. And, and therefore, you have to be positively influential, talking about it, you know, selling your message and getting, a, getting collective agreement and buy-in. I, I completely agree. It's, it's a it's a much bigger ask, but actually you'll make a much bigger impact, right? Exactly. And in terms of, I guess, tackling, I guess Arab's taken a more of a global approach in terms of how it markets itself these days. And I was wondering how you think that's kind of evolved over the years and and, and I guess the impact that you're seeing as, a, as you know, working in the business. Yes, it's a, this is another very interesting topic to me, this, you know, what you, what you get for your effort. So we, we, we started marketing ourselves locally, if you like, you know, and you do it by, by physical presence. You know, you get out and about, you go to conferences, you go to meetings, you know, you talk about your work, et cetera. And, and yeah. we moved from that into, as I said, the more digital space. And, of course, we developed LinkedIn accounts in every city in which we operated and we gave messages and we believed in our local audience, et cetera. And then we found out that actually it's much more effective to, to send messages globally, which the local audience can tune into if they wish to or, or not. But they can also tune into then the messages, you know, that are actually coming from other parts in the world. And we can learn from each other and we yeah. can see a global perspective as well as our local perspective. And in simply in terms of, you know, the return on effort, it, it multiplies up. So we can still tag things with local, you know, geographies, if you like, or cities. 
and, and say that they are of particular relevance to that. But it doesn't mean they're irrelevant to everywhere else. Yeah, that's that's another big shift as well. And it's really interesting to see how it's being done, actually. And I think some of the professional services firms probably do that global thing. They have been doing it longer than mm. kind of built environment firms, that's for sure. And I guess one of the things you do look after is um, or, or you have an interest in um, is around championing digital innovation. How important has kind of digital marketing been or what you've seen in terms of Arab and how you kind of approach it? Yeah, well, I think it, it sort of relates to the earlier response, which is digital marketing gives you this opportunity of, you know, you you can get a reward that's unrelated to effort. You know, that that's why the big tech companies are so successful. You know, you, you get what's called scale. You, you put in yeah. an idea, but if you can get a billion people using it, you know, you get a huge return on that idea. So digital marketing, I think, follows a similar potential path, that if you can get your messaging right and you can get it consistent and you can get a, a great followership you know, and you can get activity and commentary and, and engagement through your, your digital marketing, then, then you can grow your audience enormously. And as I say, there's, there's sort of no limit because the topics of today, decarbonisation, resilience, increasing biodiversity, you know, not, mm. not straining the, the, the planetary limits, the planetary boundaries, these are universal issues. They're not just for the built environment and certainly not just for built environment professionals. They're for the yeah. world as a whole. That's the only way we're going to solve them, that's for sure, or yeah. even have any chance. Um, I was going to say, so in terms of digital marketing, I, one of the reasons that I really wanted to get you on here was actually because I love your LinkedIn posts, which I, I do. <laughs> Thank you. Especially when I found that actually you did most of them yourself, which I was just like, really? <laughs> because, no, it's true. Because and the reason I say that is because quite often when I'm training senior level people or having senior level discussions, they're like, oh, far too busy for LinkedIn, blah, 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 blah. And they don't see any value in it. And I, I guess my first question is, why do you invest time in LinkedIn yourself personally? So, again, it, it relates to the earlier question, but it's, it's the other angle of it. You know, is it an organisation like Arab? We have 20,000 members. Yeah. And we have a, a central marketing group, of course, and we have regional marketing groups as well. Now, if we leave it to the marketing people to market us, you know, then they have to go and find the stories. They have to go and talk to the individuals, find out what it is that they need to do. Then they have to write them up and, and send them out. But there's only a limited number of them. They only have a certain amount of bandwidth, so they can't cover everything. But if the 20,000 individuals in Arab also put some muscle behind the wheel and told their own stories and the stories that they were aware of, they don't have to try and cover the whole territory of Arab. But if they just cover the things that they're passionate about and keen about, then we can sort of show the world a more multifaceted, you know, perspective of us, a more authentic one, a more transparent yeah. one, and, and ultimately a bigger one. Because you'll get there will be more marketing going on, if you sort of I mean, there'll be more stories available. And I think people are very interested in what individuals think, not just what corporates think yeah and i and, and actually one of the things i do like is that you do give your own opinion on things and it's you know this is what i believe i think and i think that really does come across really well and in terms of i guess time investment how much time do you put into your linkedin and what you do around that yeah so you know i i didn't start this way <laughs> i cheated quite a bit i thought you know let's see let's see how we can do this and and to start with i simply looked at the posts that Arab made as a as an organization and, and cribbed them, you know, copied yeah. them if you like, and reposted the ones that I was interested in. So I was still doing a, a degree of curation, you know. Yeah. But it was still that the body, the body work was already done for me. Yeah, that was the first step. The second step was to say, actually, we can probably write them up better in terms of what what I think. But 
then I enlisted the, the help of my assistant, wonderful Amy Lewis, and she does most she of the heavy lifting. Nice. Right. So every week, every week, the beginning of the week, yeah. we decide on the three posts we're going to make that week, and we try and do three posts every week. Yeah. And then um, we decide on the topics. We look around. What, what do we know? What have we heard of? You know, what what have we seen that's interesting? What are we going to post on? Then Amy does all the hard work of drafting the posts, and then I just tweak them at the end and put a sort of why I think it's important bit, if you see what I mean. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the thing. It's still it's still your words and your views and your points, but obviously Amy knows you that well as well. And I think, but it, but you found a way that works for you and you're still getting your opinions out in your way. And I think that's that's the thing. There's always that, that process that people can put in place. And, it, and it's yeah. a way of still tapping into the Arab centrally, but also it's got your own spin. And the, your own spin is what really does bring your post to life. So I think that's, 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 I always yeah. call it that special source, but it's, but it's not. It's what makes it special. I'm, what I'm trying to say is if you can find a willing assistant or, or partnership, or, and it yeah. could have been somebody in the marketing team, you know, just happened to be that Amy's a good writer. Yeah. So I, I, I work with her. That, um, that it's not that much effort is what I'm trying to get to. You know, I, I think I would spend two hours a week, yeah, something like that. Yeah. And in terms of you're spending, say, two hours a week, what does that bring to you? What benefits? I, I don't know, actually. I, I don't know directly. It's the metrics. I was going to go, whoa. No, it's, no I'm, I'm not very good on the metrics, but it brings people like you who are interested. It brings it brings um, sideways correspondence. I get quite a lot of LinkedIn messages from people who are interested, who want to know about it more. It brings people who are interested to know about more about Arab. It brings people who want to join us. Yeah. You know, it, so it brings lots, lots of different domains. I wouldn't, there's no killer answer, I think, is what I'm trying to say. But I think what I'm saying, hoping and i actually i probably do believe that you know if most of arab were doing similarly it would increase our our um impact considerably i think in a broad-based way yeah. and it does I, mean, I think there's like linkedin have got research that compared to like if you post from your personal page it, in terms of engagement you get 10 times more impact from posting as a personally than you would from your company page and like if you multiply that by twenty thousand people an hour, that's just powerful. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, know, I, and I think I've observed that. So I've posted something sometimes, you know, from scratch, and then Arab has reposted it. You know, yeah. and and normally I will get not not as much as ten times to be honest, but probably five times as many engagements to the the personal post as the Arab one. However, the flip side is also the case. Arab has such a big reach or such a large yeah. following. That um, you know, their posts sometimes their posts, our posts, our collective corporate posts can sometimes go, you know, rampant. If you sort of mean, they, they can yeah, take yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, and then Arab's content is is lovely. It's <laughs> like it's really nice. And yeah. um, so, so it's not one. Of, just sorry, just to conclude that, what I'm trying to say, I think it's not it one or the together. other. No, it it's compounding. Yeah, I always talk about a compounding effect. So it's kind of like. Yeah. Exactly. your personal profile will help am amplify Arab and vice versa and I think it, it, it works in that way and I just think people aren't necessarily seeing it like that at the moment it's kind of like oh no it's over there but actually no if you support this this is going to go way way better I think it's yeah. just that thing but I guess in terms of like senior level buying because I, I mean it's actually getting people on LinkedIn is something I do get a lot of pushback about are there any kind of any tips for or for senior level people who aren't sure about LinkedIn or or how how even people like myself could convince senior leaders this is worth investing in. Uh, well, okay, so it's one thing we've tried at Arab, uh, successful or otherwise, and I think they've 
changed their name. They were called Bamboo from Sprout. But anyway, there's, there's a system by which we make it easy for people to post, repost yeah. things from Arab. So all you have to do is you get a list every week and you just click on the ones that you want to post and, that, and that, that's it. It happens, if you see what I mean. Yeah. But it doesn't – but that's not necessarily um, personalised. So the next step is you can take that that piece and you can add a personal commentary to it and add it, or you can post from scratch, you know. But but I think to begin with, it's it's great to have be spoon fed almost. You know, I said yeah. that's what happened to me. It's it's start by, you know, just reposting. Just actually start by commenting and liking other people's stuff. To be honest, you know that gets you a long way ahead. You know, it's like you do that a lot as well because I can just engaging. <laughs> yeah, although I I tend to be lazy and, and tend to just like rather than comment. If you sort of I only comment occasionally. I said a couple time. of the comments. <laughs> <laughs> that's time, though. That takes time, you see. Anyway, so um, it does it's all a matter of reaching out your time and deciding what, what is most beneficial, but trying. I think the answer is experimenting. I tend to only do LinkedIn with a little bit of Instagram, for example. I suspect yeah. I should do more Instagram and less LinkedIn, but I've sort of got used to a certain pattern. But I don't do Facebook. I don't do Twitter. You know, others prefer using Twitter. Others, I know some of my colleagues far prefer using Instagram. They're, they're very mm. um, visual. You know, they're like... The photographic thing. None of my colleagues, interesting, I hope, as Go. far as I know, are, are TikTok. Um, are you sure? Yeah, it must I'm, be. Come no, on, there's got to be some a, people from Arab on TikTok. Oh, there'll be some people from Arab. Sorry, none of my sort of senior colleagues. It's a generational oh, okay. thing, I think, right? So all I'm saying is, I think not everybody is um, <laughs> good enough to use everything. So we all find our homes, you know, our natural environments, if you like, which is often just historic and traditional and generational. Yeah, I actually, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think senior, yeah, I don't think I've seen any senior level people on on TikTok. Yeah, but when we will look out. I'll look out for them, and they are. I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I don't do TikTok that much. I think my eight year old does it more than I do. So. There you go. You see? It's <laughs> I'm still there going. I'm not pointing. I'm not doing this. <laughs> it's just like I don't want to do it. Hi, it's Io here and I just wanted to tell you a bit more about the show. The Built Environment Marketing Show was set up during lockdown one as a way to help firms do better marketing. It was very much about having the conversations that I have with my friends and showing what best practice really is. In terms of me, well, I'm actually a generalist marketeer, so I guess I know lots of things about marketing and how to put everything together. So I could be talking about, you know, PR or understanding what to do next strategy wise or figuring out how to get in front of the right audience or what messaging you should be using. Those are all things that I'm kind of really skilled in and understand how to do for my clients. I now work for myself and I set up my own consultancy at Bass Marketing in 2020. And I'm working with a range of engineering and architectural firms and even prop tech firms who really want to, I guess, talk the language of their clients and their audiences and do something a bit different in terms of their strategy and content. If what I do sounds of interest to you, do email me at io at abassmarketing.com and that's A-Y-O or head to my website, which is www.abassmarketing.com for more info. There's also a link in the show notes. Bye. got a question which i i i'm at part of build up which is a, a marketing communications networking group that i'm in yeah and one of the so i sent the committee a question i said if you were speaking to tristram what would you ask him so they sent me some questions oh, okay. <laughs> this one's from isabel and she said how is the marketing function important to arat's present and future success 
This, that's such a big question, right? The, it is. The, the, the simple answer is it's really important, right? The, the second answer is how is it important? Um, it, it is about brand. Brand is increasingly important. It's not diminishing. Yeah. It's, it's going up in the world at large, I'm talking about here. You know, the people identify with the brands that they support and it becomes part of their self-identity. Now, this hasn't yet really taken off, I think, in the built environment industries, the, the design and construction in particular, but it, I think it will or it will have a greater yeah. You know, impact. So it is really important, I think, for the future that you have a brand. And it's important that that brand speaks about your values and what you care about and what you're trying to do. And you can't get to that point unless you be, have consistent, you know, storytelling and messaging that support that. It's, you can't just invent a brand out of nowhere, I don't think. I think people with really big budgets maybe can, but generally you can't. Generally, yeah. it has to be what you've been saying and how you've been behaving and what you've been doing for a considerable period of time, you know, in our world at least. Um, again, maybe in other worlds you can invent yourself more quickly. Mm. And so for me, you know, that's what the marketing department is all about. It's all about presenting the firm in the right way, in a true, authentic and values-driven storytelling fashion to the world around you. Because you – if if – if, heaven help us, you might occasionally make a mistake and things actually go wrong, you know, your reputation is fundamental. Yeah. And, and, and the way to, you know, survive mishaps is to have a really good reputation that can take the dent. Yeah. If you and also I mean. actually to support your response back because I think often yeah. it's when something goes wrong, it's like actually how do you respond? Is Absolutely. that in line with your values? Are you communicating that? Are you being open and transparent? Because, and I think exactly. it, it's that, isn't it? Where you kind of think, okay, not everything's going to go right in what we do because it can't. And yeah. we're all learning. And I think, I think you're absolutely right. It's that whole thing of carrying your brand and, and making sure that. You yeah. Know, and I will, I'll add an, an opposite view of that, if you like, not an opposite, but the, the contrary <laughs> view, which is that, um, you know, social media has a bad reputation as well because you can try and manipulate your audience. You can target your audience, segment them, and give them the messages that they want to hear. You know, this is what the politicians recently perhaps have been doing in some countries. You know? and, and that's not what I'm talking about. Yeah. But, it, but just because social media can be used in that way, it doesn't mean that social media is bad. No, that you can still try and reach a more general, you know, less targeted audience with more general, open, authentic messaging and help build your brand that way. So it's more, it's being, yeah, or being authentic, which I think is really important. I mean, I, I mean, one of the things I do love is that, I guess, for I guess the 20 years Arab has invested in marketing so I know that you've you invest in photography and videography and 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 have done I mean for as long as I when I work there as well and I think that comes across because it just means that actually how you communicate your brand you have good assets and you have good design and you've invested in that I think that translates into we design excellence as well so yes it all works very well yeah our weakness, actually, is probably the other way around. I, we created tons of content and never known what to do with it. We always go about it backwards. We start with an idea, <laughs> produce the content, and then we think about, well, what's the audience and what's the message? <laughs> Which is probably not the right way around, but at least it's authentic. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? You have the ideas. Because I often think with marketing as well, you know, like I'm often like, you don't need a huge budget. You just need a really good idea. I like think that through yeah. and you can make some really great content. And I think especially for smaller firms, sometimes you will sit there and you're just like, you're sitting in a gold mine of information and you don't even realize it, you know, from what you do, yeah. how you behave, your pl- especially digital 
because I'm working with quite a few prop tech firms and, you know, their platforms are a goldmine of information about the industry. And I think it's just understanding how to use that information and actually take that out and actually make, you know, add value elsewhere. And I, people haven't quite connected with that yet. But. And, and that sort of goes back to your first question about digital marketing. Digital marketing is like an infinite amplifier. If you've yeah. got the right thing to say, you know, you can make it enormously loud through digital marketing. You can get to an incredible audience. I have a quick, I have a digital question now because obviously because okay. ch- chat, I always get it wrong, chat GBT and AI. Is yes. it going to transform what we do? It, it, no. It, well, yes and no. All, <laughs> the te- all technological answer, advances, if you like, transform what we do. But transform is a very big word. So I tend not to use it, right? okay. but they all improve what we do. They make what we do more possible. They make it better. They make our ability to do the right thing improves. Of course, there's also always a downside that the ability to do the wrong thing tends to increase as well. But if you focus on doing the right thing, you know, if you're a perpetual optimist like I am, then it's just, it gives you another tool in your tool chest. There's another opportunity here. Chat GPT is a different route through to all the information on the internet. Yeah, you know, that that's a way of looking at it. It's just how do you want to use it? Yeah, and use it. As, and you, for me, I think in marketing terms, especially, it can be a starter for ten. It can give you ideas. It can help you get to where you Ooh. need to begin. And then Sorry. we still add value in terms of our own individual thoughts. So I don't, Correct. I don't think it's a threat. absolutely. So you know, if you think about just going back, and I think about this the other day, the yeah. internet only really crossed my path twenty three years ago, nineteen ninety nine. I remember sitting down with a group of colleagues at Arab saying, there's this new thing, the World Wide Web. What are we going to use it for? Huh? Yeah. That was only 20 years ago. And yet now, can we imagine life without it? No. And do you know what? I was walking, I was in Waterloo and I went past IBM's office and they had a quantum computer in the window. Yeah. I mean, they're yeah. beautiful. <laughs> like, yeah. But that's like the next thing, isn't it? And you're, you're looking at that kind of stuff going, ah. <laughs> now that, that's much more difficult to get your head around because oh all, all the computing... <laughs> It's definitive, you know, it's bits, bits, ones and noughts. That's all it is. It's either black or white, right? That's the only thing a computer can do is black or white. Yeah. A quantum computer does probability. This is this is difficult. Okay. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't get around the report that I know Arab Foresight wrote. I was like, I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was literally like, I don't quite get this. What is no, it? I don't think I do either, by the way. I... <laughs> That's good. Let's leave that there. Because I was just right. like, oh, my gosh, I don't understand it. Um, right. <laughs> so, actually, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish on my final question. So, yeah. I know recently you've kind of uh, digitally, um, there was like a, you had a whole day, didn't you, where you were doing digital, digital webinars online globally. I mean, how yes. have you found that they've worked and how they've kind of helped your business grow and, and that part of the business grow? That's an interesting question. And I think it's changed over the last three years. So, uh, this little story which sort of makes me laugh a little bit that I um I went online myself in 2020 right so the beginning of the pandemic yeah. I suddenly saw this opportunity we can do things from home we can do things remotely and I ganged up with um Anthony Gormley the sculptor and Thomas Heatherwick architect so two and, unknowns and, yeah that's right a couple, couple of my mates yeah <laughs> <laughs> and persuaded them to come online with me and talk about um, ha- how we can change construction into something that people want to watch and want to be participatory in, not oh, something it. that they, you know, is dirty, noisy, and people hate. Okay. So anyway, we we got an audience of two and a half thousand people globally, and I thought, oh, that's not enough. 
you, did you just open your Rolodex? Who else is next? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but actually what's happened, the point I'm trying to make is that the, the audience participation to virtual events has settled back, I think, considerably since then. Over the last year, yeah. you know, people have gone back to enjoying physical events, I think, and being there. So the thing yeah. that we held recently was around the clock, five locations following the sun, um, where we got our clients in to come and talk to us about what they've enjoyed about working with us in the digital space with mm. a physical audience and an online audience. So we're trying to you know, com- combine the two. And I think, to be honest, I think the physical audience aspects of it probably works just as well. But there's the big stinger, if you like, is out of that you get lots of collateral, you get lots of content. Yeah. All those little snippets of what our clients have said about us and what we've done are both useful internally and also externally for the year to come. And then we intend to hold a similar event next year, you know, and, and have yeah. another go at it, learn from this year and do it again. But it's it's really this idea of, you know, what we're trying to do is create outcomes for the world around us. And what our clients see as good outcomes is much more important than what we see as good outcomes. So it's getting getting a view through, you know, getting a view of what we do from the perspective of our clients is the important bit. And then having that on record to be able to use and reuse. Yeah. And then you've got like a whole bank of content from running that That's event, it. haven't you? And then it's just how do you cut it, use it, yeah, you know, share it, isn't it? But I think that what's interesting, I think, is the whole, you're right, it's that in-person and the recording it as well. And yeah. the, that hybridness, which is, I think, that on, getting the online right, I don't think anyone's completely got it right yet. No. You just can't. It's not the same. It's just. Uh, it's not the same, but he, uh, but I'm not sure you can make it the same. Right? No. You know, here's my take on this. I think you give people a choice. Come and come and watch it in person, which is why we did it in five different places. So you know, there's somewhere reasonably close to you. Um, yeah. or, or watch it online in your time zone. Right? But but you're watching it online as opposed to participating online, I think, in those yeah. sorts of events. So it's, it's more subtle, if you like. And then you can also then watch the recording later, especially if we cut it up so into manageable pieces. Yeah. Snackable pieces is what I like. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Make things snackable. Uh, okay, so yeah. thank you so much for coming on to the show, Tristram. It's been a really lovely conversation. I did throw in some questions there. <laughs> it's been my pleasure, Io. Thank you very much for inviting me. Thanks so much for listening to the Built Environment Marketing Show. Don't forget to check out the show notes, which will have useful links and resources connected to this episode. You can find that on abassmarketing.com. And of course, if you like the show, please do share it with others on social as it helps more people to find us. See you soon.